Welcome. How are you? Great, 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 great to see you. Thanks for being here today. I want to welcome you guys here to Potential Church. My name is Brian Vassell. I am one of your pastors, and I'm excited. Thanks, Mom. Mom out there? Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm excited to be here. As excited as, as you are to see me, I'm excited to see you. Thanks for making this part of your weekend. I really do. I really appreciate it. Welcome. I want to welcome all of our campuses. Of course, here at Cooper City, Hallandale Beach, uh, Nassau, praying for you guys. That, that storm, we're going to pray that storm steers away. Um, Lima, of course, iCampus, and, and a new special welcome to our friends in Pensacola. I was up at Pensacola campus last weekend for the very first time. Met a lot of amazing people. That campus is doing, doing great. Welcome to all of you. Thanks for being here. Take out those uh, notes that you got when you came in. I want to invite you to take some notes today. Write some stuff down. I feel like such a rock star with the stage. I can come way out here. It's kind of cool. But I write some stuff down. I want to give you something that you didn't have when you came in. That's the goal. Don't want to waste your time. want to give you something that you can use, put an effect into your life right away. Now, we're in a series called Space Odyssey, and it's been a great series so far. But I want to go a little bit before the space program. I want to go back to the year 1946. There was no NASA. There was no rockets. There were no astronauts. This stuff didn't really exist. We just got out of World War II here in the United States. In 1946, there was a place called the Merco Airfield. I think I said that right. The Merco, Moroc, excuse me, Moroc Airfield, which is now Edwards Air Force Base in Southern California. And at Moroc Airfield, they had all these experiments going on with aircraft. It was scientists and pilots and engineers all coming together and, and just studying aircraft and how fast could we let a plane go in level flight. Well, the dream in Moroc Air Force Base in 1946, 1947, was to break the speed of sound to go supersonic supersonic remember that song no, anyway anyway supersonic go faster than Mach 1 faster than the speed of sound no one had ever 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 done it and it was their dream to do it pilot after pilot volunteer they built this special plane called the XS1 which will later become known as the X1 if you've seen the movie the right stuff you know it it's kind of an older movie but but a great story and pilot after pilot volunteered I want to break the speed of sound now back then the planes didn't take off from a runway they would modify a bomber, bring this little plane up into the bomber, and open the bomber doors and drop the plane out. And then the pilot would kick the engines on and they would fly and level out. So pilot after pilot tried this. They modified the plane. They said, we think it's finally ready to go into Mach 1. Who's going to fly it? And a man by the name of, I have to read his name, Chalmers Goodland stepped up. His nickname, they called him Slick. Now, Slick said, I'll go. I'll get in the X-1. I've flown it 11 times already, and I haven't quite got to Mach 1 yet. I've gotten to 0.92 and 0.94, but I'll do it. But it's going to cost you. In fact, it's going to cost you $150,000 for me to climb into that cockpit and race it to Mach 1, which in today's money is about $1.7 million. And the government said, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want you to do that. But does anybody else want to try it? A man by the name of Charles Yeager raises his hand. You might know him by the name of Chuck Still kicking, 93 years old, Chuck Yeager. He says, I'll do it. And he gets into this plane. He gets up into the sky. They bring him up into the bomber. They get to 45,000 feet. He climbs down into this little experimental aircraft. He named it after his wife. He called it the Glamorous Glennis. Glennis was the name of his wife. Isn't that sweet? It's a good ending. He doesn't crash and burn. It's all good. It's all good. I said, that's why I told you he was still alive. So you'd be like, oh, whew, we made it, right? Gets inside the Glamorous Glennis. They drop the Glamorous Glennis. He kicks on those, those, you know, modified engines, and sure enough, he breaks Mach 1. The first human being ever to break the speed of sound at level flight. Historic. All because he was willing to say, I'll do it. The date was October 14th, 1947. 
Now, the Mercury program, really our first shot into space, wouldn't come until about 1958, 1959, when NASA started. This was kind of the baby steps of our space program. But because Chuck Yeager was willing to say, I'll go, and all the other pilots before him that piloted this X-1, they, in their volunteering hearts, it was possible, finally, to break the, sound, break the speed of sound. You know, a lot of us think volunteering is for heroes only. You know, that just seems like, yeah, they stepped forward. They were brave and courageous. But this country, United States, was based on volunteers. Did you know the Revolutionary Army, back in the Revolutionary War times, late 1700s, was made up of mostly volunteers? Civil War armies were made up of volunteers. Hospitals were run by volunteers. Space programs, the X-1 flight, all made up of people who said, you need me, I'm in. Ordinary people like you and like, like me, just saying, I'm willing to do what it takes. That's where greatness emerges from. Stepping up when needed. Dr. Martin Luther King, I put a quote there in your outline. It's also going to be up on the screen. He says this. He says, everybody can be great because anybody can what? If you would, circle that, please. Circle the word serve. All of our campuses, circle the word serve. Everybody can be great because they can serve. You don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree. You just have to have a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. Now, I'd imagine Dr. King pulled that quote. When he was thinking about that quote, he probably thought of this verse that Jesus said in Matthew 20. Jesus said, it's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a what? Please circle that word servant. Whoever wants to be great, the true measure of greatness is not how much wealth you accumulate, how well known you are. It's about becoming a servant, volunteering, stepping up and answering the call. Jesus said, that's, well, that's why I came. And that's a really true sign of greatness. Here at Potential Church, I'm happy to say all of our campuses, we have an amazing team of volunteers. They show up here every single weekend at all of our campuses, rain or shine, and pour their hearts out for people like you and people like me. And I just want to give them from the bottom of my heart, on behalf of Pastors Troy and Steph, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for volunteering your time. Thank you for giving up dolphin tickets, although that's getting easier to do, right? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. But the question is, why do you do it? I talk to so many volunteers, and the answer is always the same, because we want to give our time to something that matters. There's a need, sure. There's a job and a task, sure. But we want to give our lives to something that matters, that's eternal, that makes a difference. Our volunteers can give their time anywhere, but they choose to give it, to give it here. And today we're going to talk about just that. Why? What's the why behind volunteering? Why is it important that all of us, all of us get involved here at Potential Church? Now, my very first thing I ever did here, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. I got laughed at last time. My very first volunteer position ever was in the choir. There's always somebody who laughs. I don't know what that is. I really can sing a little, you know, I really, I, I, but it, the, the point was, I signed up for choir, it was the one thing I thought I could do, we used to have a choir back here, I started in 1996 coming here, and I can tell you this, in that choir I met some amazing people, and right away, volunteering for the choir, I felt like I was home, not because of the songs we were singing, but because of the people I got to sing with, the people I was volunteering with, we felt like we belonged, and I, I can tell you, if I hadn't signed up for that ministry a long time ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to celebrate this month. Last month, September, was our 20th anniversary of attending this church. And I'll tell you, it would not have happened if I hadn't got involved early. Thank you. 
Let me tell you something. Uh, I appreciate that, but uh, the blessing is ours. Being a part of this body, this family for 20 years has been an absolute life-changing blessing for us. But I'm convinced it would not have taken place if we hadn't signed in and pitched in and been part of what the church was doing early in the run. Now, I, everybody, not everybody sees volunteering like that, and I hear you, okay? I understand it. I want to give you really quickly in your outline, there's some excuses we all use, some reasons we don't want to serve. Some of these I've heard before, some of these I've even said. I'm not going to tell you which ones those are, okay? Here's the first one. Here's the reason why people don't get involved is I don't have any gifts. I don't, I don't know how to do anything the church can use. I, I, I don't, the, the church can't possibly use me. I don't, God didn't give me any gifts, all right? That's the first excuse. Here's the second one. I'm the wrong age. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not old enough. Whatever it is, I've heard that one before too. Here's a third one, no time. I just don't have time. I really want to serve, Pastor. I really want to be a part of what the church is doing. I believe in life change. I see it, but I just don't have time to do it. But you have time for a lacrosse practice with your kids and all the other stuff, right? It's just not my priority. I hear you. And here's the fourth one. I'm not worthy. I couldn't possibly serve at a church because, Pastor, you don't know who I used to be. As if we are convinced that we have to become saints to serve here. That's obviously not true. Have you seen our band? Right? Just kidding. Love you guys. Mwah. Love the band. I can say that because I'm a musician. It's the only group I thought I could pick on. But man, a lot of us just disqualify ourselves. Like we have to be perfect to serve. It's just not, it's just not, it's not true. I heard others, I tried it and I didn't like it. I used to volunteer a lot at my old church and I got burned. I don't look good in parking vest yellow. It clashes with my skin tone. I've heard them all, right? There's always a reason to say no when God taps you on the shoulder to volunteer. But as Jesus said at the beginning, greatness emerges from those willing to answer the call. So today we're going to talk about why. Why should you serve? And I want to start a little bit backwards. I want to start off with some reasons that you shouldn't serve. Seems a little counterintuitive, but bear with me. Here are some motivations. These are, I just wrote a few of them down. Motivations people use, reasons not to serve. Here's the first one. You should never serve at the church to earn the approval of other people. Never volunteer because you want grandma to think that you're holy. Or there's a hot girl in the preschool and you want to meet her. Don't serve for that reason. Right? Not a selfish reason. Never serve to impress other people. Here's the second reason. To avoid guilt. Never serve to avoid guilt. Had a rough weekend at the club. I'm going to come in here on Sunday and park some cars. That should be about it, right? Like Catholic penance. Like somehow I'm going to make it right. I'm going to, I'm going to balance the scales. I'll volunteer because I blew it, right? That's not a good reason. Here's the third one, to impress God. To impress God. We somehow think if I serve, maybe if I serve at Viva and Trunk or Treat, God will answer my prayer about the baby we're trying to have. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. There's no barter system here. We can't try to impress God with our holiness. It doesn't work that way. I put this in your outline. The truth is God cares more about why you serve than how you serve. What is your heart? Why are you, are you putting in time at the church? Why are you helping? What is the motivation behind that? It's much more important than how you serve. The important thing is if we're going to serve and be part of what God is doing here, we have to know why. What's the why behind volunteering at Potential Church? Well, I put five things in your outline. I want you to fill them in with me as you go through it today. Here's the first one. I want to volunteer at the church. The first why is so I can get to know God better. So I can get to know God better. The scripture in your outline, Matthew 20, 28. Jesus says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? To serve others. I came, Jesus said, to serve other people. That's why I am here. 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve the world. It was his mission. But he also came to do three other things, and I put them in your outline. He came to love people completely. Jesus came to love people completely, love people like you and I, busted and broken, to love us just as we are, completely and wholly, totally. He also came to serve people selflessly. Jesus came to serve people without wanting anything in return. He had very few possessions, no home, but Jesus came to serve people selflessly. And the third one I put in your outline is to honor people sacrificially. Jesus honored people sacrificially. He honored people even hanging on the cross. He honored people as he dragged his cross through the streets, bleeding from the whip marks on his back. As they thrust a, sword, a spear into his side, as they nailed him to the cross, Jesus never stopped honoring people. As they mocked him and put a crown of thorns on his head and he felt the blood trickling down his face, Jesus never stopped honoring people. So Jesus came to love and to serve and to honor people. I put it in my notes. When we serve other people, it's our way of honoring him and becoming just like him. The goal of life is to become, if you're a Christ follower, the goal is to become more like Jesus. To love, to serve, and to honor. And when we volunteer, and we love and serve and honor people that come here to Potential Church, all of our campuses, we become a little bit more like Christ. That's the goal. That's how we get to know him more. We get to know his heart. We copy his behaviors. Paul, uh, Paul says it in the in book of Romans chapter 12. By the way, I want to put a pause here for a second. Make a point. Please be here. Midweek, Wednesdays, Pastor Troy is killing it in this Bible study. If you're missing it on, on, about Paul and Romans and everything, you're missing out. It's not too late to come. Bring your Bibles this coming Wednesday. All of our campuses, you definitely want to make this a point. But we're, we haven't got, quite got the Paul, uh, Romans 12 yet, but we're getting there. Paul says this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on who? Focus on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. When we focus on who God is and what God's mission was, it changes us. But Paul says here, if you want to learn how to behave, don't watch the world. Focus on God. He will transform you. When we're honoring and loving and serving other people by volunteering, our focus changes from the world to God. And we transform. We get to know him better through serving and loving and honoring. I put it in your notes this way. The more we look like Christ, the less we care about our own reflection. The more we start to resemble Christ, the more we start to love, honor, give our time, serving, the more we forget about who we used to be. Talk to hundreds of volunteers with very challenging pasts. And the more they get a chance to love, take care of, and honor you guys, the less they remember who they used to be. Their reflection starts to resemble Christ and what he did. So they get to know him more. That's a great reason to serve. So the first reason is the reason we want to serve is because we get to know God better. Here's the second one. The second why behind serving is so I can find my smile again. I want to serve so I can find my smile again. You know, I, I was interesting. I walked through the, the back doors here at our Cooper City campus, and I walked past greeters like most of you did. You shake their hand, they hand you a bulletin or a program when you come in, and they smile. It's interesting. If you only knew 
what those greeters were going through as they smiled and handed you to those programs. If you only knew what they were going through in their lives, or the people that helped park your cars, or the ones that helped teach your kids about Christ, they're smiling, and it's wonderful, and they mean it from the bottom of their hearts, but they're going through hell. People get evicted Saturday morning, come serve Saturday night. I've seen people leave funerals to volunteer in the children's ministry. Why? Why do people serve in their pain? Why do people give up their time and pour out for others when they're hurting so badly? I think it has to do with this verse. Galatians 5.13, Paul says this, For you have been called to live in freedom. We're going to say that one again. You've been called to live in what? You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to what? Serve one another in love. When you're here and you're serving in tremendous pain, what happens is the devil's going to try to convince you, stay home, right? When we hurt, we want to withdraw. I need to take a break. I don't need to pour out my time and my life. If they only knew what I was going through and the devil whispers in your ear, great idea, stay home. But when you show up and you serve anyway, you remind the devil how little power he has over you. You have freedom. The Bible says who the Son sets free, who Jesus sets free is what? Free indeed. If you're a Christ follower, you don't need to be held down by your circumstances. And when you come here and serve in spite of what you're going through, you remind the devil. You kick him in the teeth. And you remind him how powerless he is. Also know this, that when you're doing so, you get a front row seat to life change. If you're serving at this church in any capacity, it's interesting. I uh, talked to some of the worship team, and it, there's some people sitting. I'm not going to tell you where they're sitting. I almost did this, but this could be this side too. It's this side over here. There was somebody in the worship center while they're, while they're singing, right? And here's what's happening. While the song, while everybody's kind of singing, and get, they're like this at the beginning. But by the end of the song, by the end of two songs, by the end of three songs, this becomes this. And you know why? You know, what, you know what that does to the people that are singing? They're going through it too. They're volunteering their time too. But when they see you transform in front of them, when they see you have a renewed sense of hope, when they see you passionate, it reminds them, hey, God's working in their life. Guess what? He's also working in my own. People are arguing in the parking lot. Our parking team sees them. And on their way out, they're high-fiving and hugging and talking about the messages. That person in the parking lot is struggling financially. But they see hope in you. They see God working in you. So it inspires them and it reminds them, hey, God's working in my life too. Our volunteer teams get a front row seat to life change. You inspire them. That's why they're here to serve and love. And I put it in your notes this way. Serving leads to an assurance of God's power. We, we see it happening. We see life change happening in front of us. We, we're assured that God is working. And that, of course, leads right into recovery. The reason people serve in their pain is because they see it all the time. God is working in your life. He's working in their lives, and they recover, and then, of course, it leads right into helping other people. It seems so counterintuitive. Why give your time when you hurt? That's when we want to receive. But I'll just tell you something. The happiest people we have, the most fulfilled people we have in this church are those that volunteer every weekend. Why is that? Because God does something supernatural in their hearts when they're willing to give their time and serve that I can't even explain to you fully. But there's a, a level of healing that takes place. 
that even when they don't feel like smiling, they smile. Even when they don't feel like keeping going, they keep going. They shake your hand, they hug you, they help you park your car, they take care of your children. And they heal too. So, second reason that we want to serve is to get our smile back. I put this in your notes. Serving others gives a purpose to our pain. Serving others gives a purpose to our pain. We have somebody that's part of our prayer team. Serves almost every week up front that's a cancer survivor. And then could you... Did you know that this is the person who stands up front, and we don't have a sign. He, he doesn't hold up a sign that says cancer survivor. But did you know that when people come up for prayer at the end of service, by the way, we always have people up front. The people that are struggling, that are newly diagnosed with cancer, guess who they go to pray with? The cancer survivor. But he's not holding up a sign. But God leads those people that are struggling with cancer right to him every week. And that person who's praying with them that's a cancer survivor goes, I get it now. The reason I struggled so hard with cancer and I beat it was so that I could help other people beat it. Serving gives a purpose to your pain. God will match those together. He'll lead people to you that you'll be able to help. Volunteering allows you to see the why behind why you struggled. So you got to jump in as part of that team. Here's number three. We want to serve so we can do life with other people. We can do life with other people. When I first came to the church, there were 700 people here, total, back in 96. And that was a big church to us. We were only about, came from a church, whatever little bit of church I went to is maybe 40 people, 50 people. So 700 was a lot. It's grown since then. That's awesome. But it's super easy to come into the back row and sit down there with your, with your program and watch and then just leave and be, stay anonymous, not connected to anyone. But I will warn you, that those that stick around to this church long term are not those that come in, don't get to know anybody, and leave. The ones that stick around long term are those that get invested. They connect with other people. Pastor Troy says it all the time. One is too small of a number for greatness. The Bible says it this way. Ecclesiastes 4.9. I put it in your outline. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. We're built, wired to connect with others. And I see it all the time in our volunteer teams. Let me assure you, there are a lot of things to do at Potential Church. There are a lot of tasks. But our volunteer teams here at this church are not about the, getting the tasks done. Our volunteer teams at this church are all about your heart. They are a family. They care more about you than they do about what you bring to the table on that team. They care about your heart. They want to partner with you and walk with you and grow with you. And I love it. As a pastor, I'll show up to a hospital room to comfort someone, and I walk in there, and the, the team they serve with is already around the bed. That's the heart of this church. It's not the building. Our teams, our serving teams, our families. And the great part about it is there's always room at the table for more. That's why we want you to get involved. Because there are people here that genuinely want to care and love and support and be there for you. Real friendships. Now, I will say this. and I almost didn't share this, but I'm going to anyway. I, um, <laughs> I do some weddings here and there. And uh, I, I, lately, I've been talking to people. I always kind of meet with them before they get married. And I say, where did you guys meet? And oftentimes, you know where they tell me they met? In a ministry team. They're serving together, right? So if you're single... Maybe. But don't you think God can answer your prayers that way? 
I, I, I heard a story of a guy who was uh, one of our teams, and he wanted to start a business, and he didn't have the capital to do it. And he um, got involved. He was part of a ministry, and then some new guy joined the ministry, and they got to talk and serving together. And the other guy just happened to be an investor. God answered this man's prayer through serving on a team with, his, with, his, with a solution. I put it in your notes this way. The answer to your prayers could be someone you serve, you serve with. It could be. But you have to do it to find out. Just one more benefit of serving and volunteering here at the church. Here's number four. Another reason to serve is so I can take on something that fuels me. So I can take on something that fuels me. Show of hands, all of our campuses out there, how many of you are excited to get up and go to work in the morning? Raise your hand. That is pathetic. That is not many. Keep your hands up. Be proud. It's awesome. You can't wait. You're like, yes, Monday. Praise the Lord, it's here. All right, now the rest of you. Put your hands down. Thank you. Notice not much of the staff raised their hand on this side of the room. No, they are. They, they're good. They're good. They're good. I had my hand up. Praise the Lord. The rest of you didn't raise your hand. Why is that? Because most of us work in places where they don't use our skills. We're underutilized. We're unfulfilled. We're problem solvers and we never get to make a decision. We're filled with energy and we work around bumming people to bum us out. We're doers. And they don't let us do anything. We feel unloved, unappreciated, underpaid, right? Unite. You can be proud of that. It's okay. You guys here today? All of us, unite. Am I saying quit your jobs? No. But I am saying you've got to find a place to have an outlet to refill and fuel yourself up, don't you? I believe with my whole heart it's right here. Even if your job doesn't do it for you, I believe you can do it right here. Anybody remember math class? Math fans? A couple people? All right. Couple people that are going, woo, math. All right. This is called a Venn diagram. Okay, you might have seen one of these before. I'm going to draw three circles. Here's the first circle. See if I can get a close circle. This is our gifts. All right, these are the gifts. These are all the gifts that God's given us, okay? Over here, this circle represents opportunity, the chance to use those gifts. And there's a third circle down here. And this circle represents God. I contend today. For all of our campuses, if you really want to find something that fuels you up, be right here. This spot, right here. It's called your sweet spot. It's that one thing when you're doing it, you just can't wait to do it again. It's, it's the gifts God has given you, then the opportunity to use them here at the church, and you're doing it for God. When you can find that place, you just can't wait to start again. It may not be what you do for a living, but you can certainly find that place here, volunteering. It just fires you up. It fuels you. It inspires you. You can't wait to do it again. All of us have gifts. All of us have gifts. And there's an opportunity to use those gifts here for God. We can find this sweet spot that fills up our heart. The Bible says about our gifts, it says, 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Serve one another. God's given you all gifts. What is your gift? Is it administration? Is it using your hand? Did you know that one of the gifts is actually called listening? Do you know very many good listeners? Not fixers, not talkers, but good listeners. That's a gift. You can use that here. Now, be honest about your gifts, okay? If you don't like people, don't sign up to be an usher. <laughs> Sit down! Right? Don't be that. Be honest about who you are, okay? 
discover your gift and figure out, okay, I know my gifts. I know there's an opportunity here, potential to use those, and I get to use them for God. That's my sweet spot. There's a way to do that here. No matter what you do to earn a paycheck, you can find fulfillment. But I want to caution you, and please fill this in. Our gifts are not for us. Our gifts are not for us. Our gifts are to serve others. We've talked about this throughout the entire time together. Everything you know how to do well is not for your advancement. It's for the advancement of God's kingdom. It's to help other people. Remember, that's what Jesus' mission was, to serve others. It's ours too. Every gift I have, the reason it fulfills me so much when I use it is because God put it in my heart. Our gifts are for others. And, and also this, I want you to just keep this in mind, that when we don't use our gifts... God's gifted you with something. He said, no, no, I'm not going to use it. I put it in your notes this way. When we don't use our gifts, the whole body is impacted. Scripture talks about us being a body, all of us. And we all have different parts. Some people in this room today are eyes. Some people are big toes. Some people are, by the way, if you don't think a big toe is important, stub it on a piece of furniture at midnight going to the bathroom. It hurts, right? All parts have to work together. Some are eyes, hands, feet, legs. All of us are body parts of Christ's body, the church. And when one of us is not working properly and not using our gifts and not plugging in and not volunteering and not stepping up and not allowing God to use us, the whole body is impacted. You ever work a jigsaw puzzle before? Big old thousand piece puzzle and it takes you weeks to do it like me and you get down to the very end, it's all done and then you look for that one last piece and it's gone. Now it's still a beautiful picture, but it might be made even more beautiful with that one missing piece. You may be the one missing piece in the children's ministry. You may be the one missing piece in our student youth ministry. I don't know. I don't know how you're wired up and gifted. But I know God has given you each of you a gift to use. There's scripture here in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together, he's talking to all of us, are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Church, you know how to do something that, you know how to do it better than I do. You know how to do it better than your neighbor does. Because God has given you a unique gift. And I promise you, if he's given you the gift, there's a place to use it here. And doing it for God, you want to find fulfillment in life? You wonder, what's the purpose of life? Why am I here? I contend today that it's stepping up, volunteering, and using the gifts God's wired you with to help people for his glory right here at Potential Church. That's number four. Here's the last one. One final reason for us to serve is to receive God's blessing. To receive God's blessing. Let's go all the way back to 1947. That X-1 plane, remember that XS-1 we started with talking about today? Those brave guys who were pioneers, they were, they, were, they were, you know, signing up for it. Let's get in this experimental plane. Can you imagine when they signed up what they told them? It's an experimental plane. You might die. We can't guarantee your safety. It's never been tried before. But these men, one after another, signed up for the X-1 program and put on the flight suit. They stepped up because there was a need. And because they were willing to do that in 1946 and 1947, when the year 1959 came and they were looking for astronauts for the brand new Mercury space program, NASA was born in 1958. They immediately started looking for astronauts to sit in the capsule 
all seven of the original Mercury astronauts, you know where they came from? The guys who tested out the X-1 rocket. They had put themselves in a position to be used for something extraordinarily great later. Their names were Scott Carpenter, Gordon Cooper, John Glenn, Gus Grissom, Wally Shearer, Alan Shepard, and Deke Slayton. All test pilots of the X-1. And they all knew the value of stepping up when called. Serving. And they were in the position to be used for future greatness. When I, was, when I first came here in 1996, 1997, uh, the music pastor here thought it'd be funny. I'm a local guy. I'm, I was, anybody else born here in South Florida, born in Florida? A few people? Woo! Represent. Not many of us, right? All of our campuses. I see those hands. South Florida. I'm a native. And I'd, I had never seen elevation before. I'd never, I'd never been in a mountain the only mountains I saw were landfills. That was all we got here in South Florida. Zero elevation, right? So the, the music pastor thought it'd be fun to, to have me go rent a big truck. And in the truck, we were going to stack all of our music equipment. We were going up to a place called Ridgecrest. Ridgecrest is like a retreat center where, the, you know, the, the, it's like a Southern Baptist retreat center. Anyway, it's in North Carolina. And he asked us, get in the truck, drive all of our equipment through the mountains of North Carolina to Ridgecrest. I had never been out of the state. I, I didn't, I'd never seen a mountain. Now, it's one thing to never see a mountain. It's a whole other thing to never drive a truck. That happened to be stick shift <laughs> through a mountain. <laughs> we made it. Obviously, I'm not dead. So we made it. My wife and I are white knuckling it the whole way, right? We just don't want to sleep. Just keep your eyes pinned open, right? We got to get there. We got to get there. We finally made it. We lived. Yay, right? It was amazing. Now, I know this. If we hadn't said yes to that request, that truck would have probably still made it. Somebody else would have driven it. But because we said yes, here's what happened. God blessed us with future ministry opportunities in that music ministry. God blessed us with being here a few years later when Pastors Troy and Steph came. God blessed us with best friends that happened to come along with us. They were crazy enough to get in the truck with us on that trip. And we're still good friends with them today. God blessed us with a place... Like this, it, it, here in this church where we could raise a daughter to honor God. And God bless us with getting to know you guys. Sure, we, we, we could have just said no. But we wanted to put ourselves in a position for God to bless us. And man, he did. Somebody, anybody could have got the truck there. But if they had, we would have missed out on all those blessings. God blesses those who are willing to put themselves in the position to serve. A lot of us want God to, to do, but they want, he, we want God to come to us. I'm not going to serve at your church, God. I just want you to bless my life. I deserve it. I'm a good person. Your church has enough volunteers already. You don't need me. It's simply not true. Don't sign up to volunteer because you think that you need, there's something that needs to be done. Sign up to volunteer because you're putting yourself up in a, in a position for God to bless your life. He says it. Look at Proverbs 11.25. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are what? Helped. That's why you want to volunteer. Not to get a task done, but to become more like Christ, to heal your heart, to love and serve and honor others. And it puts us in such a position for God to bless our lives. We're blessing other people through our ministry. God can bless us.
I put this in your notes. God raises up and blesses those who are in position for it. I want to wrap up our time together with reading one verse. You guys, we've read it a lot. But I want to read it to you again. Because normally when we read it, we stop at the beginning. Because the beginning is so full of hope. (laughs) It's Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. And a lot of us want to stop right there. The fact is, it's true. You are the best that God can do. Now, if you're anything like me, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I don't like myself very much sometimes. But I read this verse and I'm reminded, I am the best work God can do. I am God's masterpiece. But we got to keep going in the verse. Look what it says. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do what? We can do good things he planned for us long ago. Church, you were created to do good things. You're the best work God can do, but not for your own benefit. We were made to help people find Christ. We were made to give people hope. We were made to hug the sad and encourage the hurting. Be a part of what God's doing here in this movement called Potential Church. That's why he made us. He made us so well. It's the biggest why of all. Why serve? That's what you were made to do. All of us are made to pour out our lives for others. It's so countercultural, but so beautiful at the same time. I put it in your notes this way. God has created you to do good things for others. That is why you and I are made. He has gifted you. He's brought you here to Potential Church. And it's not by accident that you came this weekend. You were here, if you're not serving as part of one of our teams, you were here to feel a nudge from God that it's time to step up. You're gifted. There's opportunity. That you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have your past all sorted out. God's looking for people who are just willing to put on the flight suit. To move from the cabin to the cockpit. From observer to participant. From renter to owner. Someone told me once that a church worth attending is a church worth serving in. And I very much believe that. So I guess the last question is, are you ready to step in? Chuck Yeager himself, Charles Yeager said this, and there's a quote in your outline. It says, at the moment of truth, there are either reasons or results. And we've had a lot of reasons why we haven't served up to this point. I know. I had them myself. And the results are not building some kind of gigantic church or some huge ministry. The results are this. It's simple. It's about changing lives. God's plan for this church at all of our campuses is to affect those communities for Christ. For people to come in here and feel warm and welcome and family. The the same reason that you keep coming back. You can be a part of creating that environment for someone else. We all have a limited amount of time. Why not spend it in a way that can change people's lives for eternity? So it would be absolutely irresponsible of me to preach something like this, to teach you all something like this, without giving you an opportunity to respond. Right after service here at our Cooper City campus, all of our campuses, representatives right outside those doors, 
from most of our ministries here will be out there to answer any questions you might have. If you're ready to put on that flight suit and be a part of what we're doing here at Potential Church and serve. If you can't stop today, I want to encourage you in the weeks to come, stop somebody that has a name tag that's doing something you'd like to do and ask them, how do I do what you're doing? And they'll be more than happy to plug you in. Now, I won't get the chance to shake everybody's hand and welcome you to doing ministry, but let me just be the first to tell you, if you're going to sign up and be a part of what we're doing, welcome aboard. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. It will be an honor to serve Christ with you. Are you ready, church? Let's step in and do what it takes to win this world for Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. God, you are incredibly amazing. We love you. We thank you. And God, we give you the glory for what's about to happen at this church. God, I would just ask that you can continue to nudge the hearts of those that are sitting today stirred, ready to react, ready to do something, ready to step forward and become a part of what you're doing here. Not for our own glory, but for yours. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you for the breakthroughs that are coming. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand today if you would.